The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be enrolled, each to his own town. And Joseph, too, went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David that is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were shepherds in that region living in the fields and keeping the night watch over their flock. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were struck with great fear. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in a swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The Gospel of the Lord. I want to start with a little mind visioning or experiment. So let's say next year, can't do it this year, it's too late, can't get it organized, but let's say next year, while we're all at Mass, a group of people go into our homes, take all the decorations, the food, the presents, the Christmas tree, and get rid of them. Could we still celebrate Christmas? Well, you all say, yeah. I think you'd all be on the phone. Hey, police, come on. But it's a good question. And of course, if you read the story of the Grinch, that's exactly what happened, right? He took everything. And Whoville, did they call the police? No. They gathered around and they sang and they remembered what the feast was all about. Now, here we are. Not in Whoville, but in Henrietta. And what a challenge we have. You know, it, it, it's one thing to kind of keep it up here. It's a whole other thing to really ask ourselves, would we be upset? Maybe. Probably. What we would do about it? Would we spend so much time in trying to repair the damage? Or would we say, no, let's just go ahead and celebrate the Christ child because that's what this feast is all about. It's not about presence. It's not about the tree. You know, that's something we have created. It's a cultural thing we have put together, but it really has nothing to do with the feast. So when you think of the feast day or think of the reality of what happened, 
if we were doing the story, I probably think we would say, now, okay, so God's going to have his son born, and he is the king of the universe. Where would be the appropriate site for him to be born? It wouldn't be Bethlehem. It would be probably in the temple in Jerusalem, because that was God's dwelling place on earth. Beautiful, beautiful temple. And so people knew where to go if they wanted to encounter God. So why not have the birth there? For Pete's sake, he is God. Have it in this gorgeous temple that was built to honor God. But that's not what happened. And so where did they go? They went to the city of David, Bethlehem, and they didn't get into an inn. And where did they go? They went to the stable. A stable. The king of the universe, born in a stable, and he was laid in a manger. So, you know, in one sense, if we really want to celebrate, forget the trees and the decorations, bring in a manger with dirty straw that stinks, and let's just look at it and think, this is where God became man. Isn't that amazing to think about? You know, we're 2,000 years down the line. We've got all these rituals and these, these layers of things that we think should be part of the celebration. But does the reality of the celebration, the fact that God became man, is that really part of what we're doing? Really? Yeah, we say prayer before uh, meals. Um, maybe we sing some Christmas carols. But where's Jesus in all of this? And, you know, we ask one another, okay, Andy, what do you want for Christmas? No, don't tell me. I don't want to know. Uh, but, you know, I could say that. And then I say to a brother, what? I want a haircut. All right. I'll see you back after Mass. You shouldn't have said that. Or we say, what do you think Mom wants for Christmas? Or what do you want for Christmas? Do we ever say, God, what do you want for Christmas? Have we ever thought that? Have we ever asked that question? Jesus, what do you want for Christmas? After all, it's his birthday, right? right? It's not mine. It's not yours. But do we ever think to ask that question? What do you want, Lord? What do you want? So right there, there's a good question to ask ourselves and then to answer it. And there's many, many, many answers. If you have a Bible, just open it up. You'll find out all the different answers that we could use to give Jesus a gift. Now, of course, we're supposed to give our whole lives to the Lord. But there's so many things that Jesus did that we could be doing in his name because of him that we should be doing we'd really never come to an end of what we might do for the Lord. So to ask that question, God's already answered it for us. But again, do we think about this feast? It's about Jesus. It's about honoring him. There's no presents around the tree, usually that I know of, that are for Jesus. Maybe we do put some stuff there for the poor. That's good. That's a way of honoring the Lord. But there's so many other ways of doing that. So if we just take some time to look at the scriptures, to think of our faith, to think of how we want to be remembered as Christians. You know, sometimes people do these words of remembrance and they talk all about the individual, but they don't say anything about their Christian practice. 
Uh, there's one, and we priests laugh about it. Uh, it's like, oh, she made wonderful cookies. I make wonderful cookies. I don't care if I'm remembered for that, though. Now, if, she, if the person said, every day she made cookies and gave them to the people who collected her garbage, she went downtown and distributed them, okay, that's something to remember. But how do we want to be remembered as Christians, followers of Jesus? What gifts are we giving to Jesus, not on this one day, but on every single day? And really, the demand is we have to give everything over to the Lord and hold nothing as if it really belongs to us, that we earned it. So what does Jesus want? Again, it's all in the scriptures. Uh, We have the image in our readings and in our prayers today about Jesus as the light of the world. He came to bring light into the darkness to show people the way. Well, we can be a light to the world. We're supposed to be. We're supposed to be a light for the world. We're supposed to be shining the light of the love of Jesus Christ into the world, which literally means we got to get out into the darkness where there is pain and suffering, where people don't know the Lord, and find ways, and again, it's all in Scripture how to do that, but to proclaim Jesus as Lord and Savior and then do what he did. He fed people. He healed people. He prayed with people. He rose. He raised people from the dead. So Jesus is not this unusual being because he says to us, you can do the same things that I have done and greater. So there again, are we a light to the world in what we do? When people look at us, are we somehow showing the light of Christ? the light that came for us so that we don't have to be afraid of the darkness and we can help other people see who they really are. And remember, of course, just as I said, Jesus was born in a filthy stable, in a manger. This was all for animals, but he was willing to be humble. He was willing, and he says, he was willing to be our servant, our slave. So there again, am I a servant of my brothers and sisters? What a gift to give to the Lord. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, God gives us the gift of who we are, our beings, and what we give back to God is our gift to him. And the sky's the limit. God wants to shower us with more and more graces and blessings, but are we open to those blessings and graces? Are we willing to step out in faith and use them? So that, in fact, if people say, how did you do that? We can say, oh, it's nothing. It's God. It's Jesus. You want to know about Jesus? Well, let me tell you. So that's our call every single day as Christians to keep looking at our feast days and say, am I living that feast day? Am am I living that time of the year? For example, Lent, when I'm supposed to be asking God for forgiveness. Am I serious about that? Every day, am I cross-examining myself to see how I have failed and to ask God for forgiveness. So again, it's ongoing for us Christians every single day of the week. So as you go forth today, think about that question. What do you want to give Jesus for Christmas? What do you want to give Jesus for his birthday? What do you want to give Jesus each and every day so that we can truly be the Christians we are called to be? Okay, so it's not about all the wonderful celebrations we have, which, you know, the day after Christmas, the Christmas trees are out on the street. You know, that, that's, that's bad. But Christmas for us is every day, 
and we can live the feast of Christmas each and every day. So what can you give to, to the Lord for Christmas? It's up to you what you want to do, how you want to do it. But that's our call as Christians, to constantly thank God by showering him with our praise and our thanksgiving, and then following in his footsteps, which are all about service and humility.